0: live from state street in the heart of chicago you are listening to the new home of the chicago bears espn chicago and this is waddle and Silver, wmbp wshe hd2 chicago a good karma brands radio station
1: while we're on the subject of great ones from that era i gotta include them this guy will go down as the greatest american-born player
2: Gaynor, Patrick Kane, unbelievable.
1: That jersey looks kind of funny, Kane. Big it? row on you. And don't worry, it'll work out in the end. You'll be standing here, same as me. But just be careful, don't go stealing my thunder today, okay? I got money on the board to shut you down. Rebound save. I'll oh, look out to break it. Again for Cass who? Patrick Kane.
3: He's in! He scores! Patrick Kane. On the ice, he used to call home for 16 seasons.
0: Red Wings a winner in overtime. How about that? I mean, I, I thought it was... It almost felt like that was destiny, didn't yeah. you? Hey, Tyler, come here real quick. Um, pick up my... Uh, oh, wait. My phone was just ringing because we may get uh, John Shire here in a minute. John was angry on Saturday. He was just so ringing. I, I don't know if he's tried uh, our hotline. Okay. He's calling in
4: a minute. Should here. we ask him about the quarterback situation here in
0: Chicago first? Isn't that the way we ask all our guests regardless he, of sport? I've talked to him about it. Um, but I was just texting him. But, yeah, back. I'm sorry about it. The uh, highlight on uh, NBC Sports Chicago, by the way. What a great celebration. I missed it. I was out of town.
4: So when I woke up this morning, I went to to the Internet and I I watched a full 50 plus minute uh, presentation. They know how to honor their people. The Hawks do.
0: Was, I thought it was
4: I thought it was fabulous.
0: I also think that the party was such a great party because of Chelly himself. Sure. Because yeah. he knows everybody. Right. And he is friends with the biggest celebrities like Cindy Crawford doing shoot the puck. She she made she made it too. Did she? Eddie Eddie Vedder. I didn't know either that uh, he met Eddie Vetter through Dennis Rodman. Right. Because of his good friendship story. with the, with the, they were friends. Then um, Chelly's friendship with Dennis and the way he raved about the Bulls because how they share the building. And, you know, they were both good at the same time. So then, you know, he developed this friendship with Michael. Then they became friends and it motivated him to train. But I, like that part that you just heard, I thought for him to share that spotlight with not only uh, Patrick Kane who is now in the in the in in sort of the same situation as he was wearing that hated Red Wings jersey um or, but also Seabrook who who yeah. also wore the number 7 jersey to to on his night his afternoon to share that spotlight with those two guys, yeah. and he shared it with many people. But I thought that was just, it shows you who Chelly is. Absolutely. One of a kind. And Chelly's going to join us coming up at uh, 5.30 today. Nice car, too, that they brought out onto the ice. Yes, yeah. yes.
4: Old Cadillac. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. There were so many great things about that that ceremony. It was just, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch.
0: It, w- it was amazing. And then and then Kaner getting the game-winning goal yeah.
4: in overtime. Which is...
0: Like I said, we could almost right? yeah, you could almost,
4: almost expect something like that was gonna happen at the end.
0: Yeah, but. yeah. Uh let's bring him in right now. Um and I'm I'm glad he called in. Uh as you know, we went to our first Duke game about three or four weeks ago. Bucket uh, list item. Bucket list item, and I told you how uh, John Shire, he's been a friend of the show for a long, long time. Um and then yesterday, uh, the boys and I were watching Uh, The Duke game and and the kids love Duke now, too, uh, especially after experiencing it. And it was a heartbreaking loss uh, at Wake. Um, And then at the end of the game with a court storm, it became national news. And uh, John Shire is nice enough to call in, um, always remembering his guys, Waddle and Sylvie. He joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Here's the head coach of Duke basketball. He's John Shire. What's going on, Coach? How you feeling?
5: Hey, guys. It's uh, good to be with you. And, uh, you know, we, we do need to get Waddle to do a Duke game at some time. That's true. you guys are still my guys until then. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, because uh, but, uh, we all know that after I came, then Cap had to get on That's board. Right. So now we got to get Waddle down there.
5: No question, no question, and we got wins with you guys. So oh, we'll, that's right. Although it was a tight one, although it was a tight one when you came down there. So no, but uh, good to be with you guys.
0: I was I was nervous, believe me, because I knew I would be shamed if you guys didn't pull that one out. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right, so y- you've had time here. It's it was like twenty four hours ago, around now, maybe a little less, um, to digest what happened yesterday, and I'm sure you've talked to a bunch of people. What has gone on through your mind on what happened with a court storm uh, at Wake yesterday?
5: Well, I, I think the, the first thing I want to make clear is that it, it took away from, a, from an amazing college basketball game. And I, I wish we weren't on the other side of it. I wish we won. But, you know, there's 14, 15 lead changes Wake Forest is a really good team. It comes down in the final seconds. Like it was a big time college basketball game, uh, which it's unfortunate what happened. And I, I think the biggest thing is that no student athlete, no player, should be put in a position where something can happen that's out of their control, right? And when you allow that to happen without security there, you know your, your players, you're afraid for them. And so I'm just thankful that they showed great restraint, not just Filipowski, but also I could go down the list of our guys and they came face-to-face with students or, or fans uh, that wanted confrontation. And they did a good job not to escalate. They did a good job to get off, uh, but that obviously could have gone in a different direction. And so I think it's really important that in college athletics and college basketball that we do something now before something serious happens on the court.
4: Are you expecting real change, John? And if they asked you your opinion or, or your suggestion as to implementing real change, what would you say?
5: Well, one, you know, the ACC is the only league right now where there's not a fine or something to happen if there's, you know, if the court is stormed. That's the first thing. Uh, but the second thing, there has, to be, there has to be a mandate for what security needs to be. Like, there has to be security on the court. And Look, we haven't gone undefeated this year. Unfortunately, this wasn't the first time the court was stormed for a loss with a loss for us. Uh, it happened two other times, and in those games, you know, like at Arkansas, for example, they did an amazing job. The whole thing was roped off. Nobody could get to our players, get to our coaches, and we got off the floor safe. Students were able to have a great time on the court. Do I think that should be allowed? No. I think the court is for players and coaches only, but they're, they're at a minimum. There has to be security where it's roped off, and you can't get to it. And there's time for the players to get off the court.
0: How is he doing, uh, Kyle, today?
5: He's doing better today. Yeah, he's doing better today, but it's uh, still not hundred percent. And uh, you know, I'm hopeful for Wednesday. He'll be good to go. But uh, no, he's he's still recovering.
0: And we're talking to John Shire. It's Waddle and Sylvia on ESPN 1000. I I don't know if you tune all this stuff out, but look on Twitter, uh, on some of the uh, hot take shows, there have been some who have said he stuck his leg out or like he created contact. What do you say when you hear that sort of nonsense?
5: I, I, I think that's just what it is. It's nonsense. Um, You know, you can't be – if you're arguing about him, did he initiate contact or not, it's not a play in a basketball game, right? Like, I think that's the thing we all have to uh, come back to earth with. Like, this is – there's 100 students rushing the court, more students rushing the court. I completely dismiss that. You know, I also heard that I should have subbed our guys out. Uh, You know, we're down four with a second and a half to go you're still hoping you can win the game. You're trying to draw a foul. There's, it's not a good chance, but there's a chance. Like, we're going to coach the game to win. That shouldn't be part of the, the thought process for me. Man, i worry about these students, you know, coming on the court. I, I don't want to coach the game until the buzzer. Or the same thing where, what, should we put somebody that was on the bench? They're, they're worth less. Right. Let's put them in harm's way. So that, that didn't make sense to me either.
4: John, what do you say to the guys as well, the people, the guys or gals that say, look, court storming or field, you know, rushing the field after a big win in football is part of the game in college sports. It's what makes it most exciting or more exciting and differentiates itself in some ways from the professional game.
5: Well, I'm all, like, I'm a purist. I'm all for, you know, the college game. And, you know, I don't know what it's like exactly in college football. I'm, I'm a big boy. I can take losing. You know, I don't like it, but we can take it. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier this year, they stormed the court on us at Arkansas, and we, our guys were able to get out safely. All I know is what happened Saturday wasn't a good thing for the game, wasn't a good thing for our team or for their team because it took away from a big-time win that they had and they earned. And so it's if it needs to be done or it's going to happen, let's make sure we do it in a way where – You know, we're not getting face-to-face players and fans, you know, a second after the game. I mean, go back and look. There's a second after the game ends. The students are already on the court. Three seconds later, they're in in Flip's face, Jared McCain's face. And uh, give us 10 seconds. Give us 15. You know, give us some time. And uh, let them celebrate a great win.
0: Seth Greenberg uh, gave the thought that, hey, barricade the court have a countdown on the on the clock where you get all the players off the court. It's sort of like a New Year's Eve type thing, uh, like with a hype song in the background and everyone's cleared, everyone's safe, and then let the kids on the court. Would something like that be a good compromise?
5: Well, to be honest with you guys, I, I've tried to spend most of my time since the game figuring out why we lost and how we're not going to lose again. We've <laughs> yeah. been having a really good year, and I don't, not that I don't, you know, give a damn or that that I don't care, but I just don't want anybody being put in harm's way. If there's a clock, if there's time, if there's a barricade, I'm for any of it. And uh, my biggest thing is now, how do we beat Louisville? How do we get ready? Our, we have one home game, one road game left. Uh, let's win so we don't even have to go through that. And uh, that's, that's where my mind is at, to be honest with
4: you. And, and John, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but – but are you more surprised there haven't been more confrontations between players and exuberant fans? Because let's face it, you're in the midst of a competition. If, in fact, you do lose this game, you are emotionally charged as a player. And you've got fans rushing onto whether it's a football field or a basketball court that are celebrating and getting in the faces. And in some instances, as we've seen, making contact. Are you surprised there haven't been more incidents in college situations?
5: You know, probably, and uh, no. I mean, it's look. I know there's something earlier this year with Caitlin Clark, and there's been a few incidents, but uh, confrontations where something worse has happened. I'm I'm thankful that that hasn't been the case, and just to me, kind of just the sirens went off in my head after Saturday. Just this is a lesson. Before something really bad does happen, let's do something now. Let's not wait until something worse happens. And that's, that's where my mind went yeah. after the game on Saturday.
0: All right, before we let you go, as we talked to John Shire, it's Waddle and Sylvia on ESPN 1000. Have you finally come to, I know you've been coaching your team, but have you finally come to a, a good feeling in your brain on whether you want the Bears to draft a quarterback <laughs> at number one or, or, if, or if you want them to stick with Justin Fields? You and I have had this conversation and uh, I want to know if you're at a place that you're comfortable with.
5: We have, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to field some offers to see what's out there still, but I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'll tell you what, that's why they, they, they pay polls, the big bucks and, and all that. I can tell you this much though, with, with Justin, with, uh, the number one pick, whatever we do, I'm still a die-hard die Bears fan, fan through and through. And, uh, I just, uh, I'm hopeful that this is the moment that's going to change our franchise. So, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plead the fifth until I come back on here after we have something fun to talk about yes. here soon, hopefully. Will, and, uh, will, I'll let you know then. Will you admit
4: though? It has to be anyone but Drake May.
5: <laughs> I can definitely tell you that. I mean, I don't know another Carolina guy quarterback. I don't know if that sits well. Okay, as well
0: as me. right. <laughs> all right, look. The next time you come on is after you cut down the nets. All right, that will be a better now a better talking. discussion point. All right. Now we're
5: talking. I appreciate you guys having me. Th- all same. right, John. Thanks, John. Thank
0: for? you. Be well. Right. There See he is. Up. He's great. Always great to us. And I know he he wasn't sure if he was able to call in today, but again, he did it for us and. Uh, it's been the hot topic nationally about court storming. Like, is, is there a way you can do it? Like, isn't it an oxymoron to say controlled chaos? Yeah, I mean, what well, he described, it? I think he described a
4: scenario where they lost what was at Arkansas, he yeah. was saying. And they and Tyler had a good, uh, I think it well, who was it? It was Creighton and UConn earlier. Yeah, when UConn lost to, to Creighton, they were able to get UConn's team off. To, I, I don't know. I am shocked the more I think about it that there haven't been more ugly confrontations. I believe, wasn't there an Oregon football player? Was it, was, was it LeGarrette Blount? I think back in the was day. It
0: a, was it a fan or a player that he It punched. may have been a
4: player. But I'm shocked that there haven't been more physical confrontations between players, whether they're basketball players or football players, and eager fans. Because it is isn't an emotionally charged sure. situation. And when you see somebody and you've just lost a heartbreaking game and somebody comes out of the stands and makes physical contact with you and is in your face, I'm shocked there haven't been more
0: incidents between players and, and, and fans. We played this before. I, I, I just thought Matt Painter was, like, skilling when it comes to this because he was like a forecaster. Yeah. He knew exactly. This was several weeks ago after I believe they lost in Nebraska. And it was a court storm. Nothing happened. And this was before Caitlin Clark. We played it after the Caitlin Clark incident, and he was dead on when it came to this.
2: So we got to do something about the court storms, guys. I don't know why institutions aren't ready for it. Like, what did you think was going to happen if they won? Like, spread the word. Spread the word before somebody gets hurt. You know, a student from Nebraska should be able to storm the court, right? Like, we're cool. Like, Just, like, get ready for it. That's what you're gonna do. So, like, we're, we're struggling in our conference with that. We got, we have a, our freshmen, sophomore, and juniors have never lost a road game without a court storm. Think about that. So, this isn't, think about that. Put that in your article. All right? Because someone's gonna get hurt. Someone's gonna get hurt. And it's, could, it could be a student, could be one of Nebraska's guys, could be one of our guys, could be someone working the scores bench, could be anybody. But, like, I don't know why people don't get ahead of it all right it's happened a lot and it's just i i, I don't understand that you, you got to have order you got to get a rope you got to get police officers you got to get people around and protect your own protect us protect them protect this you know the fans i don't know i'm not a cop i don't work security like right? but we have to do something there wasn't something that happened personally. no 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 nothing happened but it's just it's, something's going to happen like you don't. That's not how you, you can't think through things like this. Something's going to happen. We don't want that to happen to anybody.
0: Super smart, right? I mean, yeah. he was way way out in front of it. That he knew that this was several weeks ago, before Caitlin Clark, before the the Duke incident.
4: It, it sounds like it's something you should be able to control fairly well. Now, I get it. the The last second ticks off a clock, mm-hmm. and and you've got a player underneath the opponent's basket, and he's trying to get. To the other end of the arena where you're, you know, like where, where you, you go out and here comes. It, it sounds easier. It's easier said than done. But I think you're going to have to do something. Like, I get why you want to continue to have this as part of college sports. But there's got to be a better way to protect the players and the coaches.
0: Whenever, whenever there's a team in Major League Baseball close to clinching a division, a pennant, a World Series, as the game gets closer to those final three outs, you have the entire field lined up with security, right. just in case. Just in case. So if you're playing a top-ranked team and it's a close game, shouldn't the floor be lined up with security, at least with ropes, until the players get off the court?
4: I think so. But like,
0: and look, if you don't want to ban it, fine. Like, if it's part and and maybe it won't be like as what's the word I'm looking for? Um... Organic, spontaneous. spontaneous, like it won't just be f- the the game ends and everyone runs off, but it will be safer, won't it? Yes, I think or, so. Or, or like, I you mean, said, if you like, have to there put off be
4: someone punching somebody. Uh, there is going to that's going to be the next thing that we talk about
0: because somebody will see what happened to Phil uh, Phil Powski and and someone will punch somebody be, defending themselves. Yes,
4: no question. Uh,
0: and I'm, um, I can you
4: not. Just delay the celebration sixty seconds. That's what that's what
0: Seth Greenberg's yeah, I mean, thing yeah, was. Like, yeah, just, and, and like they were talking on Greenie today. Just you know, you could play Welcome to the Jungle, Enter Sandman, like some sort of hype song until and, everyone's it, off the floor, and then everyone's off the floor and go. And if you as the
4: winning team wants to leave your players on the right. court, that's up to you. With, celebrate with your fans. Go, but you have to allow the losing team to get off the floor without experiencing any danger.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem like that's asking too much. Kevin, on the north side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Kev?
5: Hey, guys. Yeah, you could totally control that.
1: You know, if you do that countdown, and when the kids, the fans, the students want to go out there, they, they're rushing
5: to, to center court. So you got to funnel them and have them all come in from one entrance to get to the field or to the court. And that way the guys can get off, the opposing team can get off, and the kids can go run to center court and, and cheer on. Yes. That, that, that's, a great, that's a great easy solution that they can implement right away.
4: I, and listen again, as Sylvie just said, look, you know what's going to happen. You're right. Somebody's going to come at, at a player as he's trying to get off the floor, and there's going to be a physical confrontation, and the player who may initiate the contact is going to suggest to I was fearful for my safety, and that player may have a great case to be made for that. So you're just asking for more trouble if this continues to go on without any type of change with regard to the security.
0: Gary on the northwest side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Gary?
5: Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're good. Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to call you. Um, I don't remember what year
4: it was, but it was uh, when Illinois ended up beating Arizona uh, for the Final Four. It was being held at Allstate Arena, and uh, I was one of the off-duty police officers working. And uh, as as Illinois started coming back and coming back again closer. They just took everybody that was working security that day and put us all out on the floor. So that way once we we had the floor just surrounded so nobody could get out there. Uh, I understand it's a little bit different because they're going to cut down the nets and they want the court cleared. But, you know, like you were saying, you know, as like for baseball, you know, you just keep putting more and more people down there and you're just kind of ready to go.
0: And remember back in the day, because a lot of people have said, no other sport you do this in except college, in college football, and in college basketball. You don't do this in NFL. You don't do this in Major League Baseball. Back in the day, whenever there used to be a clinching in baseball, the fans used to yeah. run on the field. I
4: and don't know it, if you remember that. Yeah, I do. And then it became a, uh, a,
0: a, a dangerous situation. Yeah. And people used to rip up the field. They used to steal the bases. Yeah, it was like a disco demolition all the time. Whenever someone would clinch a division, it was crazy. All right, um so the, good stuff there with uh, Shire. Um We've got Waddle's World coming up. Boog is going to join us. Talk about uh, the Cubs in a little court storm. He does some uh, college uh, oh, yeah. basketball. Chelly is going to join us at 530. It's like a who's who today. So, and if you want to weigh in, we'll take all of your phone calls, but Waddle's World is next. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom
5: Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open.
2: Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to
1: Waddle's World. Come inside.
0: Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird! Let's get
4: weird. Let's get weird! Let's get weird. Oh, let's get weird. I just spent the last break reading this entire article about the Florida man games. This is so perfect for this segment. Anyway, Waddles World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit wintrust.com slash us member FDIC.
0: What oh, what beers
4: involved, yes. There's no question. Here's one of the Guns. I'll bring it to you a little bit later, but one of the one of the the quotes from this article is there's typically drugs and nudity, he said, but the city frowned on it when I asked for drugs and nudity. It's a really good story about the uh, the event in St. Augustine, Florida, the Florida man games, big crowds. Huge crowds. I think oh, they really? were Oh, yeah. Spectators had to pay $45 per ticket. And they were hoping to get over 5,000 people to watch. So $45 to watch. Yeah, to watch guys do things that... It's crazy. Uh, very crazy. Uh, anyway, uh, more uh, sports-related stuff for you. As we talked last week about the White Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf asking for... Not one billion, but I think in all it was almost two billion, right? I think at the end of the day, what he was asking for, with regard to uh, infrastructure yeah, costs, all of it, the public subsidies uh, would exceed well over a billion dollars. So anyway, uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson appeared to be receptive, not so much for the governor. I don't think said he is reluctant to provide public sub- uh, subsidies for the uh, the White Sox project.
1: I think there's still a lot of work to be done uh, by the White Sox as well as uh, with members of the General Assembly, Uh, but I will say that I think I've been really clear about the fact that uh, the taxpayers' dollars are uh, precious, and the idea of taking taxpayer dollars using the building of a stadium uh, as opposed to, for example, subsidizing the building of a birthing center, just to give the example. Um, does not seem like the you know uh, the stadium ought to have higher priority um, ha- having said that I think you know we're many of us sports fans we all want to see the teams succeed but these are private businesses and we've seen other teams be able to support their own stadiums privately that's That would be ideal here, and I think that's something that I would encourage. I think the city of Chicago is engaged uh, as well with them. But I wouldn't put any number forward. I I just don't. I mean, I I start out really reluctant. um, And unless a case is made that the the investment yields a long-term return for the taxpayers, that we can justify in some way, I haven't seen that yet. Um, and to be clear, nobody has presented directly to me. My staff has, has seen a presentation. So I, I just want you to know that I, I start out a bit reluctant. Having said that, you know, I'm a fan of all of our teams, and I want them to succeed. Hold on. Does that surprise you? Uh,
0: not so much. That's. I mean, that's what the, – the, these teams should be paying for their own stadiums. The, the, the Cubs had to, right? Right. Isn't it? Um, one of my buddies sent me a video last week from Robert Reich. Do you know who Robert Reich is? Yeah, he uh, wasn't he in the Clinton administration. He was a former Secretary of Labor, and he had he's done a video about why. Um, Owners, Billionaire owners want you to pay for their stadiums. And
4: there's this thought that it, it helps the communities, and in fact, it doesn't yes. based on these studies. And, and
0: he said that there's an economist from the University of Chicago that once did a study that said, you have a better chance of helping the community grow by literally dropping a billion dollars from a helicopter <laughs> Into the area where you want to build the stadium, than funding the stadium with a billion dollars of taxpayer money. Like, just drop a billion dollars there, and it will do more for that community than by building a bill, like, funding it with a billion dollars of taxpayer money. Yeah. That's what this video said. Like, again, I'm, I'm not political, but. It was very intriguing in what what this video said. I would think as well, if in fact you have the resources, if you are a
4: billionaire, to build this stadium and, and provide the private funding for it, then that would just mean that you get to capture all of the profit, right? So that you don't have to share it with anybody. Yeah, so, but that's
3: a lot more work and a lot more risk you're yeah. taking on.
4: I get it. But much, much better to just
3: that, put your hand out and take the free money.
4: Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I understand that part of it, but... You know, I mean, you would think if you had the resources, maybe do it on your own and just, you know what, consume the entire pie yourself instead of splitting it up. But I then you got to take
3: on some risk.
4: And I was waiting for someone to say, uh, uh, Governor, what about the Bears? How do you feel about them? If in fact they're asking for, it? and we have heard nothing from. Usually, something new comes out every few days about the Bears in their pursuit of a new stadium. I haven't seen anything lately. When are they going to make a decision? Because we need to get some shovels in the ground sooner rather than later. Jerry Reinsdorf's beating them all to the punch, by the way. Is he? But he is on this this front. And by the way, I would suggest uh, Mr. Reinsdorf and everyone associated with the Bulls to, to take a page out of what the Chicago Blackhawks did honoring their, one of their
3: great Yeah, players. they
0: could they could use uh, the handbook on how to throw a party.
3: You know what they needed? They needed a Chris Chelios to plan yes, their ring of they honor. They should
0: hire him. As, like, director of marketing or, like, director of party planning.
4: It makes sense to me. That's what I would do. Uh, anyway, back to uh, the NFL and the fact that the salary cap has gone up to, I think that this was reported late Friday, right? Mm-hmm. It's going up $30 million, $255 million a year I think each team has to spend. Uh, you, I think you've already seen some re- residual activity from that announcement the Bengals have placed the franchise tag on T Higgins. He won't be going anywhere. I think that this probably changes the landscape with regard to maybe a quarterback like Baker Mayfield. If you're a football team that has didn't have the ability to franchise tag one of your top players or you were thought you were you thought you were going to lose one of your top players in free agency, I think this is providing teams a hell of a lot more leeway and comfort. I think this will change the landscape a little bit how things will be done over the next several weeks um with that said franchise tags very unlikely for running backs this is not a surprise either and this is where i think maybe you can you can invest in one of these running backs that won't be franchised you make it a bargain no josh jacobs franchise tag or so we think Sa- saquon is not expected to get the tag tony pollard's not going to get the tag uh derrick henry won't And Austin Eckler won't. Like, I would love to see Austin Eckler in a Bears uniform. I'm not willing to pay $15 million a year for him, but I may be willing with a little extra cash in the bank to spend a little more on him than maybe
0: I would have prior to this announcement about the salary cap. Okay, now look, I get it. I don't like paying for running backs either. I don't either. But, and I'm not saying it was a good investment, but you just paid Eddie Jackson $18 million to play for you. If you can have... Austin Eckler threaten defenses from many different ways from the backfield, lining them up in the slot. Like, can't you do what San Francisco does with him? I as think you mul- can a multi purpose weapon. So I'm
4: not looking to go out and set the market R- and say, "Hey, I'm going to be willing to spend." On Austin Eckler, $12.1 million a year, which ultimately would be the franchise
0: tag for Isn't the running back. He a unique, a, he a, is unique? he a unique weapon, not just running back? Like That's how I look at him. He's more of a weapon than yes. a running back.
4: I would be willing to dip my toe in the running back free agency market. As long as it was reasonable. Yeah. And it feels like these numbers are going to come down on some of these players as the position has less and less value. As I said, you're not going to see any of these guys receive the franchise tag. But I still, I'm with you. I have value for it. I would love to see Austin Austin Eckler in the Bears' backfield. Not at $12 million a year. I'm not not advocating for that. But at a discounted rate to that? But who's going to, you know,
3: who's even going to get that? Because... You just mentioned five running backs. Right. Now, you know, differing degrees in their career. Derrick Henry might be on his last legs. And Tony Pollard didn't really look like he was back completely from the injury last year. He wasn't the same player. But Barkley, Jacobs, Eckler, that's five running backs with, you know, interesting pedigrees. With all five of them out on the free agent market, it's not like you're going to be able to have, you know, your pick of the litter
4: if you're one of those running backs. You're going to have to basically take. What is available? That's to why you. I'm saying that it, it, it it's more appetizing from my perspective to maybe pursue someone like Austin Eckler because it's, you may get a bargain, especially in the year when all of a sudden the yes. cap spikes.
3: If you give them, uh, you know, one year of lucrative money, like Barkley or Jacobs or Eckler,
4: like, look again. Don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for breaking the bank for a running back, but in this environment where you got 80 million to spend. Yeah, uh-huh. Now, I mean, the, the Bears need to spend some money on their offense as well. They spent some money on the defense. They traded for Montez Sweat and paid him $100 million. They paid Tremaine Edmonds. They paid T.J. Edwards. They're going to pay Jalen Johnson. So whether they franchise him or they, they find a contract extension, you're going to have to spend some money on your offense. If, in fact, you could find a way to get an Austin Eckler type of running back in your huddle,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I'm in. Him and Roshan, pretty good thunder. That would be an upgrade on Herbert. No question. No question. It's also the, this, I think that the, this,
4: first of all, I love to see it because it, it means that there's more revenue being generated by the NFL and it's being pushed back into the pile to give to the players. I think that things are going to be done significantly different and maybe some of the players that you thought may be available aren't going to be available. So now if you're the Bucks, you can sign either sign and tag Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans Whereas before I don't think you 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 had that access so I I just think things are going to possibly be done a little bit different uh, Eric Bieniemy set to be the UCLA offense coordinator and associate head coach surprised by that at all that it, he it, was it's
0: like the, the, it, it's it's weird right what chip kelly was the head coach yes yes chip kelly left them from being the head coach to go to Ohio State to, to be their OC
4: yes I'm telling you I think that the whole landscape is weird at the collegiate level right now. I was I having a discussion with somebody this weekend about if you're Chip Kelly, why would you do? Why would you do that? Is it because you're tired of being a head coach at the collegiate level, where you're having to recruit your own guys over and over to stay in in, in school? Like that's the one thing that I can understand. If you're if you're Nick Saban, and you you know, I mean, he probably was a little bit exhausted. He's been doing this his entire life, but I think one of the things. That, Expedited him leaving the game was the NIL situation, where not only is he having to recruit kids coming out of high school, he's having to recruit kids coming from different Oregon, different uh, free agents. Yes, and he's got to recruit his own guys to stay. Sure. So it is weird that Chip Kelly goes from being a head coach to an OC at Ohio State, and then I don't know that this is connected at all. But to see Eric Bieniemy go from being an
0: offensive coordinator at the professional level to being an OC at the collegiate level. Well, like, and I would say this about the enemy. Like I was, I, I heard Evan Cohn talk about, Hey, why isn't the enemy getting any OC jobs in the NFL? The bears. Remember Ryan Poles knows Eric B enemy. Yes. He didn't he was, get a head coaching interview the first uh, time. around. No, not, That's head coaching yeah. interview. Poles interviewed nine guys for his OC job. He did not interview the enemy. Right. He wasn't considered for the Bears OC job. So like, I think that's sort of telling. Sometimes guys just may not be considered great.
4: Yeah. I he, they, he had every opportunity to interview Eric Bieniemy twice now. Once for the head coaching spot as you said and once for the OC and decided to go the other direction. So I'm interested to talk to Ryan Pulse tomorrow also about Shane Waldron if we get an opportunity to venture into the OC hiring conversation. Uh, Major League Baseball, I forgot that this was part of the change. Two-second uh, cut to the pitch clock. You've got to be really careful when you say that. Two-second cut to pitch clock is too soon for some pitchers. I guess they're learning now, according to Players Association Head Uh, Tony Clark, the clock is shortening this season to 18 seconds from 20 with men on base and will stay at 15 with no one on. Do you think that this will will be something that guys struggle with this year more than they... I thought last year it worked perfectly, and I didn't think that that there was much of a hiccup at all. But they're saying now that the two-second cuts to 18
0: from 20 with men on base... Is a little bit. So of- what does that mean? As So what? That they're thinking about going back to twenty? Well, I don't think no, they're no, going no. to. They're just. They're, they're, they're going trying- to reduce.
3: Yeah. Because right now, when you're on base, it's you get twenty or. The last year you had twenty seconds when there was a runner on base,
4: right? But the, what they're saying now in spring training is 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 that this it's is a it's difficult too adjustment. Well, yes. it's too quick because the yeah stolen bases
3: were up a lot last year, and now they're cons- you know the concern is for pitchers. Now, now you got to
0: hurry even more. even more exactly, and, Which, and, and, and there will be even more stolen bases. And the other thing is injuries.
3: Yeah, well, and Major League Baseball really did kind of fast track and push this one through yes. without really consulting the players and giving them I, a chance.
0: I, I thought last year they did a really good. Job, why push? Why pu- like I don't, I, I don't mean now I, that I'm like, with I, you. I thought the pace was a good pace last year. We're in and out in two and a half hours, and like I don't again, I've always said it's not about the how long the game is, it's just about the pace. And it was a quicker pace. I, I'm with you, I don't know what the rush was to try to
4: implement this so quickly. And Clark's main concern is that pitchers have less time between pitches to recover, particularly when maximum effort and pitch velocity are
0: so important. By the way, did you see Jesse was on Good Morning America? I did today? see that about the uniforms. What happened there? Did they have see-through pants? Yes. Now smaller
4: they, numbers and so- smaller names on the back of the jerseys,
0: courtesy of Nike. Smaller numbers, bigger dongs, courtesy of Major League Baseball. That's their that's their catchphrase. More more this-
3: dongs and more balls in baseball this year, right My, in your face. I was whether you me. like it or not.
4: I was I was reading that this was about this is more comfortable for the players cuz the uniforms breathe more more readily sure and easier. Do. No, no, no. Cuz they're
3: paper thin. That's what Fanatics and Nike are trying to sell. But all the so paid players all the paid all the players oh, they say they they're uncomfortable. It? Really? It's less comfortable and yes, you can now see everything.
0: These look like the well, knockoff not- uniforms that I wore as a kid.
4: Yes. <laughs> Wait, but you're not like you say you could see everything. You I, I mean, you're not going underwear or jock or or spankless. Have you it's seen r- though of some term. of the photos spankless. that have they, those spanks. They call oh, them spanks, those undershorts. You under got a little too yeah. a little close to a little the, the too edge. Graphic did there. you close
3: did you not edge? see the one Padres player who was stretching before a game? No, did you see more than Bro. you wanted to see? Bro, Was that the like, line?
4: Was it was it like a curb episode? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Here, I'll I'm gonna... send you a picture. No, I don't want that picture. Long ball Larry. Yeah, so what are they going to do? Are they going to go back to the old uniforms? Whoa. Well, I think you're probably going
0: to get that view even if you've got different pants. I told you, Miller, this is Miller's pastime. It's baseball and dong watching. What do you have to say about that? <laughs>
4: uh, what's his, what was his name? Wood. It? That was Wood. Our, buddy yeah, Wood. our buddy Wood. Our buddy Wood just made it. He right, right, became we popular back. during COVID. Uh, AT&T's trying to make it right. You know, when you had that outage, did you suffer from that outage? I'm Verizon. Are, oh, well, yeah. then you didn't. But AT&T's got a solution to making everybody feel better about the outage that occurred. And I will bring you some of the details for the Florida Man Games. That is next.
0: Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie. ESPN
3: Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Yeah, I was
4: uh, telling you before the break, uh, for those folks like myself who have AT&T, AT&T says it will give affected customers $5 each to compensate for last week's cell phone network outage that left many without service for hours. So if you were affected by AT&T's outage, you're going to get five bucks. I was on a plane, and fortunately it didn't affect me very much, but um, I, was, I was without service for several hours. You happy with the five bucks? I would like more. I was expecting nothing, to be honest with you. Rather than take a portion of my cell, pho- uh, cell phone bill off this month, give me a discount. Does this scare you about
0: hacks and stuff like that?
4: Um, Not really. No. I'm more concerned with uh, claustrophobia in elevators and tight spots. Did you get locked in a bathroom on the plane? I did not. But I, it's so funny you you mentioned that. I was one of the last to use the bathroom in the flight home last night because there was a line a mile long, and we were in our descent. And they kept saying, "Well, that's your own. You know, go to the bathroom at your own risk." Kind of. So I went into the men's room, and I was expecting them. You know how they lock the. You know they yeah, lock the from bathroom from the outside. And I was trying to use the facility and go as fast as I could just in case somebody, one of the flight attendants, was trying to lock the door. And they didn't, thankfully. But I was panicking. You can't get locked from the inside, can you? Because isn't that just the I'm not not sure. But I was scared to death that it was going to keep me locked in there. Uh, At the Florida Man Games, big crowds cheer competitors evading the police and wrestling over beer. I would pay $45 possibly for this event. Promoted as the most insane athletic showdown on earth, the Florida Man Games poke fun at the state's reputation for bizarre stories that involve... Brawling, drinking, gunfire, reptile wrangling, and other antics carrying a risk of jail time or a stop in intensive care. The games kicked off Saturday with the Star Spangled Banner played on electric guitar. Then spectators sipped canned beers behind metal barricades, cheered, and frequently shouted expletives as a dozen teams battled in contests inspired by real events from America's most surreal states. James Gordon of DeLand won the first event, wolfing down a plate loaded with barbecue pork and sausage a fraction of a second before his nearest competitor. He chugged a beer to celebrate. I've lived in Florida my whole life, Gordon said, after washing sauce from his hands and his beard. They're calling these events, I call this expletive, Tuesday afternoon. (laughs) That's a good quote. One event had contenders dueling in muddy water in an inflatable pool, pummeling each other with weapons made from pool noodles and duct tape. Another was a theft simulation relay in which competitors raced while toting a pair of bicycles, copper pipes, and catalytic converters. Larry Donnelly trained for the relay race by riding a bike around his neighborhood with a second bike strapped to his back. It paid off Saturday when he won his heat after picking up a bike in each hand and running with them. I have an absolute disregard for self-preservation. I will do anything, said Donnelly, 42, who owns a St. Augustine pressure washing business and serves as captain of the five-man team hanky spanky when i was in the military i did a little alligator wrestling other events involved contenders wrestling sumo style while holding pitchers of beer or running from actual sheriff's deputies while jumping fences and avoiding obstacles others faced a scramble to grab cash flying and simulated hurricane winds spectators paid real money 45 dollars per ticket or more to watch the games at francis field in downtown st augustine Hanky Spanky sounds
0: dirty, doesn't it? A
4: couple, a man and his wife, made the 180-mile trip from Port St. Richie to watch stupidity occur on the grandest, most spectacular scale. Organizer Pete Melfi said he expected ticket sales to exceed 5,000. Wow. He said he was stunned to find nobody else had beaten him to the ripped-from-headlines idea for a spoof sporting event. We kind of give a person an opportunity to live a day in the life of Florida man without ending up in a cop car, he said, who runs the St. Augustine media outlet, the 904 Now. But he had to tone down some racier aspects of the Florida man myths to obtain a permit. There's typically drugs and nudity, he said, but the city frowned on it when I asked for drugs and nudity. The phenomenon seeped into the nation's conscience, thanks in large part to a Twitter account, It started in 2013 with the handle at underscore Florida man. The account touted real life stories of the world's worst superheroes. Sharing news headlines such as Florida man bites dog to establish dominant dominance. And Florida man tried to pay for McDonald's with weed.
0: What inspired Florida versus Ohio?
4: Florida's claim to be uh, being the strangest state goes back much further, said journalist Craig Pittman, who wrote the book Oh Florida. How America's weirdest state influences the rest of the country. He noted that the first flag to fly over its capital in 1845 bore the motto "Let us alone." <laughs> That's great, isn't that fantastic? It is. This should take place at uh, what you might call it at the Sausage Castle. Yes. Has there been an, a Sausage Castle update? I don't know if it's still up for uh, or it's open for business. There was some real debauchery taking place there. There's a good promotional video for that joint. By the way, you
0: need a permit for nudity? Even like a temporary? I maybe so, I'm not it sure. Sounded like yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe so, but um, pretty crazy, wasn't it? Yes. Good
4: stuff though. Yeah, that is good. Uh, you know what? I that's all I got for okay. you today.
0: Let's probably
4: wrap it up and get to boog sooner right. rather than
0: later. All right, so uh, we'll talk to Boog Shiambi. He was back all weekend doing Cubs games. Uh, so we'll tell he'll tell us what he thinks of uh, this year's team. What the addition of Bellinger, or as uh, Yurko said, it's not really an addition. It's just re-upping him. Yeah, they re-upped him. But how much better are they this year as a team? Uh, do you, are they done? Or could they add someone else? Uh, and Boog is doing college basketball all uh, winter. So I'm sure he's got a thought on court storming as well. We'll talk to Boog Shiambi coming up next.